Support for Kansas City Today comes from Grandma's Office Catering. One bank teller instead of the usual five. Slow, fast food lines. Simply not enough staff. Grandma's Office Catering avoided the mass exodus with respect, appreciation, better wages, and now health insurance. That's how Grandma continues to wow. Grandma'sCatering.com. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Inujia Dean. Today is Thursday, March 24th. Coming up, how one group of bike riders is trying to get more black cyclists on Kansas City roads. I did as much as I could to try to invite people of color and women to ride our club rides. It was difficult. I mean, they just weren't showing up. Plus, Missourians are welcoming Afghan refugee mothers to the U.S. with baby showers and maternal health clinics. But first, some headlines. COVID-19 numbers continue to fall in the Kansas City area, even though some health experts are concerned about the spread of a new variant. KCUR's Alex Smith reports. New COVID cases in the Kansas City area have dropped to just 88 per day, continuing a steep drop that began in mid-January. COVID hospitalizations have declined to 65 per day, the lowest since before the Omicron variant appeared. The BA2 variant, which is causing new COVID surges in Europe, now accounts for one in five cases in Missouri, Kansas, Iowa, and Nebraska. The new variant appears to be highly transmissible, although some health experts think its effects may be more limited in the United States due to vaccination as well as immunity developed during the winter Omicron surge. Kansas City Council members voted yesterday to allocate an additional $33 million for the Kansas City Police Department to hire more officers and increase salaries. That fund, backed by Mayor Quentin Lucas, is on top of the nearly $240 million mandated for the police budget under state law. A measure to take those $33 million away from the department and place it under city control failed in committee. Councilman Kevin McManus said the problem with both plans is the city can't hold the police accountable for how the money is used. No matter what we do, we're giving them the money and they can still pretty much do whatever they want. I say that because there's no real legal remedy under either scenario for us to claw back the money. The full city council will vote on the budget, including police funding, today. Kansas City Chiefs wide receiver Tyreek Hill has been traded to the Miami Dolphins. Greg Eklund has more for KCUR. Hill was entering the final year of his contract with the Chiefs. Discussions between his agent and the Chiefs reportedly broke down, so the Chiefs gave Hill permission to seek a team willing to give him a hefty raise. The Chiefs completed the deal for five future draft picks, including a first-round choice in this year's draft. Hill, who was drafted by the Chiefs in 2016, was a controversial player. He spent three years on probation after pleading guilty to domestic assault, and questions arose later when his then three-year-old son suffered a broken arm, and an explanation for how that happened was never made public. More than 60 cars in South Overland Park were broken into early yesterday morning in what appears to be the efforts of an organized team. The break-ins were mostly located along 135th Street between Knoll and Metcalf Avenues. Thieves smashed windows and rummaged through vehicles and appeared to mostly target items visible through the windows. Overland Park Police spokesperson John Lacey says the thieves also seem to be targeting what's not seen. They have one thing in common is that The person went through all the um, glove compartments in Senate Council. Around 40 cars were similarly burglarized at apartment complexes around Grandview earlier this week. 
Growing up, Mitchell Williams was taught that bikes were toys, and when she reached the age of 16, it was time to put down the kickstand and pick up a set of car keys. It wasn't until his 50s when he realized riding his bike was still a lot of fun. KCUR's Luke Martin brings us the story of the Major Taylor Cycling Club of Kansas City, a group trying to diversify the city's cyclists. Hey, hey guys, make sure we talk to each other. Call out road hazards. When you get ready to stop, let, let people know you're slowing. Let them know you're stopping. No accidents, okay? Every Monday evening between March and November, if the weather's good and the roads are dry, the Major Taylor Cycling Club of Kansas City hosts a group ride open to anyone with a bike and a helmet. The ride always starts in the 18th and Vine District in a parking lot behind the Negro League's Baseball Museum. Mitchell Williams is the club president and one of its original founders. When I was a kid, you'd ride a bicycle and you get that feeling of going downhill and the speed and the rush and that wee. I still get that wee experience now. For a good portion of his life, after he started driving, Williams didn't really ride anymore. But by middle age, he says he needed a lifestyle change. All right, let's roll. Rolling. After retiring from his financial services job, Williams eventually became the first African-American president of the Kansas City Bicycle Club, now one of the Metro's biggest bike nonprofits called Cycling KC. I did as much as I could to try to invite people of color and women to ride our club rides. It was difficult. I mean, they just weren't showing up. So around 2014, he helped form the Major Taylor Cycling Club, one of many such clubs around the world. Williams' goal was simple, get more people of color in the saddle and make a positive impact on their health. We're not the fastest club. I mean, we're not known for speed. We're not known for being on time. Uh, <laughs> so why don't people come? Because they like being with us. Ivy Brito, who moved to Lee's Summit from Kentucky a couple years ago, says the group welcomed her with open arms. Like, the most I rode in a year was like 160 miles. Last year I rode 889 miles with these people. <laughs> so, yeah. At her day job, Denisha Snell works for the nonprofit American Public Square. She joined the club after a years-long search for other black women to ride with and says the group's racial diversity isn't the only thing that's unique. They may be professional cyclists, or you may have somebody who is a novice, who is just starting out, right? And because of that, there's a space and a place for everyone. That spirit of inclusion, she says, is part of why the group starts these rides in the heart of Kansas City's black community. We want to be in certain areas, in certain neighborhoods. We want kids to be able to see us. We want folks to be able to see us who maybe say, Black folks don't ride bikes, but we do. We're right here. The inspiration for this club, Major Taylor the Man, was born and raised in Indianapolis and competed in cycling events around the globe in an era of strict racial segregation. By 1899, he was the world cycling champ, just the second black world champion in any sport. Mitchell Williams says he's never had to deal with direct racism while cycling in Kansas City, but he takes another lesson from Taylor's legacy. Do your best and create community. 
we've met a lot of people. A lot of people know us and know our kit. I mean, everywhere we go, people know our kit. It's not just the club's olive and cream-colored jersey they know. Williams is a fixture and stays busy teaching bike riding and safety for the advocacy group BikeWalk KC. His students affectionately call him sensei. I like helping people to achieve their goals, seeing them become fulfilled, and that makes me happy. So that's why I do this. With 120 dues-paying members around the country, it's clear other major Taylor Cycling Club members appreciate his effort. For KCUR 89.3, I'm Luke Martin. Last August, the United States withdrew from Afghanistan. As the Taliban took power, tens of thousands of people fled the country. Several hundred of those refugees have ended up in central Missouri. KBIA's Rebecca Smith reports some community members are trying to help those refugees adjust to life in the U.S. and another big life change. It's noisy walking into the parish hall of Our Lady of Lourdes Catholic Church in Columbia. Dozens of people are gathered and preparing for a baby shower. Pregnant and new mothers are led to their seats. A table is covered in small gifts and toys. Another is full of cake and traditional Afghan snacks. And at the front, nestled amongst the gifts, is a group of 10 or so people trying to put together a pack and play. We're never locked to begin with. Among this is Frishta Aslami. She's holding a very young, like just weeks old infant in her arms. The baby I'm holding today is the baby that actually I was in the delivery room with her mother where things progressed quickly. And then I end up being with mom for a few hours until seven o'clock. I end up to cat the court and I end up naming the baby. So basically we call her my baby. <laughs> Frishta is a case manager for the Afghan placement program through Catholic Charities of Central and Northern Missouri. She was hired by the organization last fall when they started to see an influx of refugees into the area to help Afghan refugees settle into the community which is what this event is all about. Welcoming the mothers, celebrating their children, and introducing them to the American baby shower. Organizers realized the event offered a second opportunity as well, a chance to introduce these mothers to the American medical system and answer questions about what birth looks like here. Because in Afghanistan, the concept of prenatal care and routinely taking your child to the doctor was a foreign idea there. One, because of the resources, and two, just because of the turmoil that was going on. That's Dr. Chris Wilhelm, a pediatrician at MU Healthcare, one of the event partners, and a veteran who served overseas in Afghanistan. Wilhelm says that due to his background, he's seeing a lot of the new Columbia Afghan community, probably 20 to 30 babies and about 80 children. Hello, so I'm Dr. Wilhelm, I know most of you. So before the party can actually begin, all the mothers gather in a circle with three physicians. Each doctor takes turns speaking about different aspects of maternal and infant care, while two case managers, including Frishna, translate in Pashtu and Dari. Finally, it's time for the baby shower. As the mothers sit down with community members and begin to eat, several event partners come forward to speak. Mary Stegmeier is one of them. She's the vice provost for international programs at MU and helped organize the event. There are boxes and boxes and boxes of diapers, of baby wipes. So we're really fortunate and it will benefit these families that have just arrived. 
Valerie Berta is the Community Engagement Coordinator for Catholic Charities Refugee and Immigration Services and says 294 Afghan refugees have settled here since last year. They have to flee for their life, literally sometimes with only the clothes they had on their back. The, the response of the community has been amazing, but we will continue to need help. She says it was important for her to create an event like this that brought mothers together, educated them, celebrated them, supported them, but most importantly, welcomed them. It's a small thing, really, really small thing we can do, but we hope it helps. For KVIA News, I'm Rebecca Smith. This is Kansas City Today. I'm Nomi Nujia Dean. This podcast is produced by Trevor Grandin and KCUR Studios and edited by Lisa Rodriguez and Gabe Rosenberg. To read Luke's story about the Major Taylor Cycling Club and Rebecca's story about Afghan refugees in Missouri, visit KCUR.org, where you can find more local news from Kansas City's NPR station. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you.